welcome to this virtual candidate forum. I'm Jean Bancroft, member of the League of Women Voters of Johnson County, and I will be the moderator for this forum tonight. The League of Women Voters is a volunteer, nonpartisan organization that neither supports nor opposes any party or candidate. The League does take positions after considerable study of issues and acts to influence decision makers on those issues. We work to not only register voters, but also to provide them with information on issues to assist their participation in government. Membership is open to anyone 16 years of age and older. Join us. We can use your time, your talent, and your financial resources. League members advocate and inform voters. Democracy works best when more people are involved. The views expressed in this forum are those of the candidates. All viable candidates have been invited to participate. The format for this evening is as follows. After candidates have been introduced, they will each have two minutes for opening remarks. We will then present questions to them. Our schedule of questions comes from polling of our league members. Each candidate will have one minute to respond to each of the questions, and there will not be time for rebuttals. We are scheduled for 60 minutes. Near the end of our scheduled time for this event, each, each candidate will have two minutes for closing remarks. Speaking order will be rotated throughout the evening. A league member, Mary Jo Langhorn, is our timekeeper tonight. She will use cards to alert candidates when the time is about up and when it is up. Tonight, we have two candidates running for state representative in the Iowa House District 73 race, Bobby Kaufman and Lonnie Pokrabic. Let's begin with your two minute opening statements and we'll start with Mr. Kaufman. Well, thank you. I wanna thank the league for sponsoring this forum. In the race for House District 73, the voters have two very clear choices. Voting begins Monday and the election's only 33 days away. The first choice is my campaign. My campaign is running on my record. And that record is one of working with Democrats, Republicans and independents to achieve results. I think that's important to achieve results and not just talk about them. Some of those results include tripling funding for EMS and fighting to lower prescription drug costs. I have also personally run bills that fight animal abuse, elder abuse, and child abuse, as well as voting for 765 million new dollars in K through 12 education funding. Now you compare that with your other choice. Now this is not gonna be a negative debate. We're not gonna call each other names. Lonnie's a nice guy. But what we do and who our campaigns are supported by are fair game. And if you look at my campaign, 90% of my support comes from House District 73. It comes from Republicans, Democrats, and independents at the grassroots level. If you compare that with my opponent's support, 52% of his 491 donations come from out of state, including 85 donations from the state of Maryland. Very odd. So what it boils down to is a campaign with 90% grassroots support across the political spectrum versus a campaign who is willing to literally be owned by special interest groups. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Paul Kravick, your opening remarks. Oh, would you unmute? Probably struggle with that all night. Well, thank you. And thanks to the league for putting on the forum. 
you know, I am a member of the league. And so I appreciate all the hard work that you folks put in on this. And thanks to Representative Kaufman for his service. Now I'm the Johnson County Sheriff. I've been Sheriff for nearly 16 years now. And, um, you know, it's been a pleasure serving the public. I've, I've lived in this community and worked in this community and raised a family in this community for 35 years since joining the Sheriff's Office in 1985. I'm married to my wife, Julie. She and I have been married 29 years and we have one son, Samuel. Samuel works at Transamerica and lives in Cedar Rapids. Um, this summer, we gained a daughter-in-law, uh, Jalen, and we're, we're pleased and proud to have her. Jalen is a fourth year pharmacy student and will graduate in the spring. You know, my, my length of service is 35 years. The focus has been on the community. And, um, you know, I, I didn't plan on doing this. I planned on retiring. And we were gonna ride off into the sunset, if you will. But frankly, the state is headed the wrong direction. You know, uh, higher education is the rates are going up. Education, our K through 12 education is slipping. Our healthcare costs are rising, drug care costs are rising. And there's too much partisan politics in there. You know, um, Bobby says he wants to uh, run a positive campaign, but he's attacking me already in his opening statement about money. Bottom line is, I don't have a sugar daddy in Florida that's going to write me a check for 25 grand like he does. But, you know, I want to talk about the issues. The experience I have in public safety for 35 years and serving the public, it's, it's in my DNA. That's how I'm wired. I understand how the laws have been passed, and I understand how they affect us back home. Thank you, Mr. Polkravic. Now we are going to move to the questions. And just remember, you have just one minute to respond to each question. And we will start, uh, since we're going to alternate candidates, Mr. Polkravic, you will be first on this question. Question is, what legislative priorities do you have for the 2021 legislative session? Well, my priority is education, K through 12. Um, we have not, it, it has not been a priority of this current legislature. You know, we are not funding the schools appropriately. Unfortunately, I have friends who are teachers, they're having to buy their own supplies for uh, their classrooms and, and that's terrible. Uh, I also wanna help recover from the COVID pandemic. Obviously I run, you know, I'm a sheriff, I oversee a jail. We've kept COVID out of our jail, out of our facility, and I'm very proud of that. I'm proud of my staff, my coworkers that I work with every day that we've done that. And so those are two of the things that, that I'm absolutely geared up to work on. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Kaufman, same question. Sure, happy to answer that. A uh, little tacky, Lonnie, to use the word sugar daddy in your comments. But anyway, um, you know, we have several things that we started last year that were ended because of COVID that we can accomplish next year. One of the big ones is passing EMS as an essential service. I also ran bills that would help the retirement system and funding for firefighters and for police. Um, as far as education not being funded, that would be an inaccurate statement. 765 million new dollars of K through 12 public education spending that I have voted for percentage-wise and increase rate-wise, that's among the highest in the country. 
Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. And you will then start with the next question, okay? Sure. Um, this question is about local control. Local control has become a higher profile issue lately. What are your thoughts about local control? Well, local control is always the first thing that I try to default to. Um, it is, I'm thinking that local entities, local schools uh, make the best choices for what's good for them. But unfortunately, right there in Johnson County, uh, we have a board of supervisors that just completely goes against the, the, the face of the state law when it comes to farming. I'd be interested in knowing what Mr. Pokrovic thinks about the fact that the Johnson County Board of Supervisors outright attacked farmers, forcing me to pass a law that would make sure to hold them accountable that no, you don't get to control how farmers do things. Thank you, Mr. Pokrovic. Well, I'm supportive of local control. You know, the fact of the matter is, is um, our school boards, when it comes to COVID, especially the pandemic, you know, things have happened where the state has taken control and made decisions for uh, school and school boards. And, you know, what works in, in Tipton may not necessarily work out in Council Bluffs. And so local control is about that. The Board of Supervisors are, as far as they go, they're elected locally and as the city councils are. And so if uh, people are unhappy with them, they should campaign against them. You know, just like as sheriff, I've served four terms now. And if people are unhappy with me, someone should run against me, but they didn't. The fact of the matter, last three elections, I've ran unopposed. Thank you. And Mr. Polkrabic, you will begin with question three. Um, that question uh, starts out with small businesses and families have been hit especially hard during the pandemic. What ideas, what specific ideas do you have to ensure the safety, their safety and economic security? Yeah, COVID has um, really stuck, struck our state of Iowa bad. Um, in fact, the Iowa legislature has mishandled it. When they went back in session, the only thing they did was they passed one piece of legislation and that gave corporations protection from litigation. Um, you know, we've got small businesses closing. Uh, the, um, I gotta think of the name, uh, Reed's Beans is a coffee shop, a beloved coffee shop in West Branch. And it's closing because of COVID. And so obviously I wanna go to Des Moines and I wanna work on that and make some of these tough decisions. Look, I've been a, I've, I've been a deputy sheriff and then a sheriff for the last 35 years. I've had to make rough, difficult decisions every single day. That's why you wanna send me to Des Moines so I can make those difficult decisions. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. I just wanna let the record reflect that Mr. Pokrovic chose to not answer whether he supported the Board of Supervisors attack on farmers. So I'll let that speak for itself. And Lonnie, that's just not accurate that we went back and just passed a COVID liability bill. Um, you're either misinformed or purposely not telling people the truth. We passed dozens and dozens and dozens of pieces of legislation. I've been speaking with our small business owners who have been devastated, whose incomes have been slashed, of people who want things to get back to normal, but also understand that, that COVID is very real. So there are lots of things that government can do, both financially, but also regulatory. And we went back and did a lot of that in, in this summer when we went back. We certainly just didn't do one bill. Thank you. And Mr. Kaufman, you will start on the next question. 
Voter participation is critical to a healthy democracy. Some of the ideas for increasing voter participation include automatic registration at 18th birthday, election day, state holiday, extending or restoring the number of early voting days. Which of these ideas do you support and do you have other ideas as well? Well, I chair the committee that runs election bills and I have always been open to all good ideas. As far as the number of days that you're allowed to absentee vote, I think 29 days is plenty of time to absentee vote. I was very supportive and voted for and passed the opportunity that we gave Iowans this year where we sent out every single Iowan an absentee ballot request. Every Iowan received one, every Iowan that wants to receive one is going to get one, and every Iowan that wants to vote by mail can do so. I was proud to be a part of those efforts and I was proud to support those efforts. Thank you. And uh, the next question, oh, sorry, uh, Mr. Polkravic, you need, you need a chance to answer that question. Well, thank you. And I'm glad I only have to answer your questions. Apparently, uh, Representative Kaufman expects me to answer his too, but I only get one at a time from you guys. Um, you know, voting suppression, that's what, that's what Bobby Kaufman and the Republican Party did this year. You know, Bobby, Bobby tries to act nonpartisan. He votes with his party 99.2% of the time. I understand why, you know, his dad is the Republican Party chair for the state of Iowa. But the bottom line is we shorten the time frame that people can vote. And that is, that is not healthy for our democracy. We need to make it safe, especially in this, uh, the, during the pandemic. I mean, if anything, we should have extended it, but it needs to be made safe, secure, and easy. And you know, it, what they did was they made it harder to vote from home. Thank you, Mr. Polkravic. And you now will start with the next question. Um, what would you do to help provide EMS to rural areas? And then how would you fund that? Good question. You know, um, Bobby keeps talking about trying to make EMS an essential service. And the bottom line is he hasn't got it done. He hasn't delivered. I've been, I've worked in and gotten my hands dirty with EMS, fire and law enforcement in the last 35 years. I could tell you story after story of, of how I've been in, in the dirt, getting dirty with them and helping and saving lives. That's what my, that's what my life is dedicated to. So when you need someone to get EMS listed as an essential service, you need to vote for me, Lonnie Polkravic. I've worked with EMS, I've worked with fire, I've worn a uniform for 35 years. That's who gets things done, that's what I do. Thank you, Mr. Polkravic, um, Mr. Kaufman. I didn't realize it was such a high bar to ask to actually answer questions. You know, Lonnie, first you say the word sugar, then you bring my family into this. Pretty tacky, think that speaks to the content of your character. As far as voter suppression, that's ridiculous. Four judges have sided with me and my legislation. And as far as EMS is concerned, for the first time in the history of the state of Iowa, I got that bill across the finish line. COVID is what shortchanged that. And shame on you for bringing COVID into an EMS conversation. That was why that bill didn't pass. But you know what did pass? The tripling of EMS funds. That's what I got done. That's why a lot of our EMS folks are supporting me. And that's why Sandy Hike, the longest serving EMS person in Johnson and Cedar County, chose to endorse me and not Lonnie Pokrovic. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. And now you will start with this next question. 
The next question is 80% of Iowa families have both parents in the workforce. Affordable childcare is essential to getting Iowans into the workforce. How would you expand availability of affordable childcare for Iowa families? That's a great question. This was a very strange session where in the middle of it, everything got suspended. Before it got suspended, I was working on childcare legislation that would have expanded the eligibility. One of the big things is taking the cliff effect out of the childcare system. What that means is once a parent makes a certain amount of money, then they no longer receive that assistance. But there's a purgatory period where they're not making enough money to afford the childcare, yet they're kicked off the help to afford it. So that is the first bill regarding childcare that I would pass next year is removing that cliff effect so that people who are working hard, earning money and contributing to society can receive childcare longer until their income can be strong enough to support it on their own. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. Mr. Pokravic. Yeah, I'm hearing a common theme here. Uh, Representative Kaufman works on a lot of things, just doesn't deliver much. You know, childcare is too expensive. As I'm working out at the gym, I, I was talking to a friend of mine after our workout, and they were they were talking about how expensive childcare has gotten, especially with the pandemic hitting. And they were trying to have they were having a discussion with their spouse on whether or not uh, one of them was going to have to give up their job. And uh, so we can't have that. We can do better in the state of Iowa, you know, in, investing in pre further in peak pre K and uh, perhaps incentivizing and helping small childcare um, businesses grow is the way to make it grow. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pokravic. And you will start with the next question. The comprehensive jail diversion was developed to assist inmates with mental health issues, both in jail and in the community. The purpose of the program was to prevent or minimize the number of mentally ill individuals in jail by providing support support services during incarceration, followed by community-based treatment upon release. What's your view on how this program is working and what changes might you suggest to better meet the mental health needs in Iowa? Well, I have my fingerprints all over that program. Obviously, that program was developed under my guidance as sheriff and, and I've been really fortunate to work with some really good people who helped me develop that. And you know, part of that um, was developed as the jail population continued to grow. But the other thing we did in addition to um, the jail diversion training and, and mental health training is increase the mental health training for local law enforcement. So um, that along with crisis intervention training, de-escalation training, all that so that we could give the officers on the street more tools so that they could recognize someone that they're dealing with and make that decision and not necessarily go take the person to jail and perhaps take them where they can get uh, better help. And frankly, oftentimes that's been the hospital, but with the new access centers coming on, uh, coming on board, Johnson County has moved forward with that. And uh, what we need is the Iowa legislature to fund further mental health. All right, I, guess I see the stop sign. So. <laughs> All right, thank you. Mr. Kaufman, would you like to respond to that question? Absolutely. To say that I don't deliver much in the Iowa legislature is absurd. I floor managed more bills than anyone this last year. We'll just add that to the list of falsehoods that Lonnie's been saying this forum. Kind of running out of paper. 
anyway, um, when it comes to that program, I will admit that's a good program that Lonnie has developed. And I do agree that the state should contribute funds to it. Luckily, the state of Iowa was recently named by a nonpartisan organization. We were named to be the best managed financial state when it comes to COVID. We have a $300 million surplus. I can't think of a better thing to use our tax dollars for than to provide more mental health funding. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. And you will start with this next question. Iowa's beverage container control law is over 40 years old and in need of update. What ideas do you have to improve and update Iowa's bottle bill? It's a great question. And I just had one more thing from before, you know, when Lonnie said that uh, the legislature works a certain way, I realized that he doesn't really understand how it works in Des Moines because in eight years, I got exactly zero phone calls from him. As far as the bottle bill is concerned, I worked on that bill in the state government committee. I am in favor of expanding the bottle bill. I'm in favor of including more containers. I'm in favor of going to 10 cents. I think that anything we can do to help recycling and to help with the environment is a good thing. And I am very open to all of those conversations. Thank you. And Mr. Volkravic? Yes, you know, I'm, I, I'm absolutely in favor of the bottle bill and, and I'm fine with revisiting it. I understand what I don't wanna do is get rid of it because what happens is if we get rid of it, then our ditches and uh, waterways start getting full of uh, bottles again. And how we take a look at that, you know, um, I'm just, I'm open to, you know, I've been in law enforcement, that's, that's what I do. So this is, a lot of this is new territory for me and, and uh, I'm willing to learn, willing to listen. And again, just like a lot of things I've got done, the Joint Emergency Communication Center, serving as the president of the Iowa State Association of Counties, serving as the president of the Iowa State Sheriff's and Deputy Association, I get things done and, and work with people. And, you know, the bottle bill is something that I'm willing to dive in and work on uh, with, with people who have strong, good suggestions. Thank you. And you will also now start on this next question, Mr. Pokravic. In recent years, legislators mostly vote with their party on end of year budget bills, including the standings bill. As one voice among 100 legislators, how would you influence the budget process in the 2021 session? Well, look, I'm, I'm my own person. Um, you know, I don't even, I don't always agree with uh, a lot of the elected officials I work with and, and but you know, we are, have the ability to get on the same page. Serving as president of the Iowa State Association of Counties, that's, it's a nonpartisan group and was a, to be named president of them shows that I can work with, shows that I can work with everyone. The fact of the matter is Bobby doesn't want to look at his voting pattern of 99.2% of the time voting with his party. And again, uh, you know, he said I was attacking his family, but I understand why he has to vote that way. This, this district, Cedar, Muscatine, and Johnson counties is not 99.2% Republican. And so I will actually go out and I will listen to people and I think I'll represent the district and be much more middle of the road. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. Doubling down on the attacking of my family, I'll let that speak to the content of your character, sir. 99.2% of the time, I'm sorry to inform you that your people in Des Moines gave you false information. That's inaccurate and it's not correct. 
I have the single most voting independent voting record in the state of Iowa. And do you want to know why everybody's percentage is higher than normal? It's because 93% of the bills in the state of Iowa vote with overwhelming bipartisan support. Even Mary Masher has over 90% of the time voting with Republicans. But again, Lonnie, that's because you don't know how the system works. All these good ideas that you're talking about, never once in eight years as your elected official did you reach out to me about them. As far as budget bills are concerned, we work together in the subcommittee process. Democrats and Republicans trade ideas, trade amendments. Is the final vote partisan a lot of the times? Yes, but making the product that gets to that final vote is very, very bipartisan. Always has been, always will be. Thank you, Mr. Kaufman. And the next question uh, is actually our final question. Um, and Mr. Kaufman, we'll start with that one. What resources can be made available to help public schools meet the financial and PPE costs this 2021 school year? That's a great question. That's a three-pronged answer. Number one, there are state dollars. Um, when we go back to Des Moines in January, which I will be going back to Des Moines in January, um, we're going to be looking at providing additional resources so schools have everything that they need. Furthermore, there are federal funds given to the state through the CARES Act that can be utilized and directed to the schools. And then furthermore, I hope Congress can work together like Iowa does and pass another COVID spending bill because I've been advocating for our senators and our congressmen to include school relief funds so that schools that have to put up with all these new expenses, putting up screens, um, doing things for social distancing, having PPE, having all the additional sanitizing equipment and, and bottles, that they can have money to help pay for that. So it's a combination of state and federal. Thank you. Mr. Paul Gravick. Well, again, as I talked about early on, education's a priority for mine, of mine. You know, I've, I've been endorsed by the, Iowa, the largest teachers union in Iowa, ISEA, 30,000 teachers support my campaign. So they know that I will stand up for them. They know that education will be a priority and making it a safe environment for our children and uh, for our teachers it is gonna be a priority of mine. Um, look, you know, I've had, a, I have a family, I'm a product of public education. You know, my wife and I both are a product of public education and, uh, and uh, we've raised a child. And at some point in time, we hope to have grandchildren and be blessed with grandchildren and have them go to a public school. And obviously I'm not gonna turn my back on public education like um, Representative Kaufman has. Thank you. Um, we will now move to the part of the program where you are uh, going to have some time to do closing statements. And with this, each candidate has two minutes to make a closing statement. And we will start with Mr. Pokrovic. Thank you. Again, thanks to the league and thanks to Representative Kaufman for showing up. Uh, I've always been about one thing in life and that's service. I can still remember when I put on the uniform the first time and knowing how that made me feel and knowing that I can make a difference. I can take that same experience to Des Moines and know that I can make a difference and give back to the community in a different way. Um, you know, I've worked with emergency services, with fire, uh, and those are the things that are important to me. Frankly, our state is just on the wrong track when it comes to education, comes to healthcare. You know, Representative Kaufman wants to deny this, but three different times 
He's voted to allow insurance companies to deny for pre-existing conditions. I can give you the dates, I can give you the file numbers, but I don't want to take the time for that. I do understand how they've passed the laws in, in Des Moines. And I understand how they negatively affect us back home because people don't people there don't have the sort of life experiences that I may have. I want to bring balance and transparency back to the state of Iowa. The state of Iowa is made up with Republicans controlling the House, the Senate, and the governorship. And if Bobby was really effective, the EMS uh, law, he would have, EMS is an essential service, he would have got passed. He had the trifecta. But bringing balance and transparency back to the state of Iowa is a goal of mine, and that's what I can do. Um, that way, we can, um, I intend to work with the people in this district. And thank you for this opportunity again. And I hope you'll vote for Lonnie Polkrabic for Iowa State House Representative. Thank you. Mr. Kaufman? Well, I too want to thank Lonnie for participating and I appreciate the league. You guys always do a class act. I've always enjoyed league forums, but I'm not going to let Lonnie Polkrabic flat out lie about me. And that's what he's doing. What those pre-existing condition votes were, they were junk amendments designed for political ads, just like the bobblehead ad, the tacky ad that Lonnie is running right now. I have never actually voted to not cover pre-existing conditions. Either Lonnie doesn't know how it works or is just fibbing. Either way, not good. But pre-existing conditions are a federal mandate required under the Affordable Care Act that I have no say over. As far as his voter suppression efforts, I know that's the talking point that they feed you in Des Moines, but the bottom line is four different judges have sided with us. It's not voter suppression. I think I'll let Lonnie's character speak for itself. Bringing my family into this, using the word sugar daddy on a live forum, I'll let that speak for itself. 52% of a campaign being funded by special interest money, I'll let that speak for itself. But the one thing I wanna close with is what I'm most proud of. And what I'm most proud of is my law enforcement support. We have 13 sheriff deputies in Cedar County and two of Lonnie's colleagues, the Muscatine and Cedar County Sheriff, who cumulatively have 331 years of law enforcement experience. Every single one of those people, Lonnie's colleagues, all resoundingly rejected him and have completely endorsed me. 331 years of law enforcement experience endorsing me. So that's the kind of campaign I'm running. I appreciate everyone participating and watching. And thank you very much. 33 more days and this is all over. Thank you. Thank you so much to the candidates. Um, we really appreciate you participating in this uh, forum. The recording of the forum will be available on the Facebook page of the League of Women Voters. In addition, rebroadcasts of the forum will be run on Iowa City Channel 4 um, and the respective websites for um, your programs, I assume. And then the League of Women Voters Vote 411 page will also have, have this uh, recording. We would like to remind you that the views expressed in this forum are those of the candidates and the sponsorship of the forum is not an endorsement of either candidate. Given the current COVID-19 emergency, we do urge you to request an absentee ballot if you haven't already from the auditor's office. The ballot request form is available at the Johnson County Auditor's website. The first day for in-person early voting um, is coming up soon, October 5th. Because of the COVID-19 situation, drive up early voting will be located at the parking ramp, 
north of the Health and Human Services Building, 855 South Dubuque Street. And the entrance to the voting will be from the Clinton Street side. Voting hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. November 3rd is election day. Good night.